Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In this week's episode, we're doing a cost comparison. We're going to look at legal market edibles, legacy market edibles, and the delicious treats that you make at home. Who will come out the winner? Stay tuned to find out. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles, where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host and certified Ganger Marge, and I love helping cooks make safe and effective edibles at home. I'm so glad you're here, and thank you for joining me today. Well, friends, we're back for another week, and I'm kind of interested in doing this cost comparison. I think we all know where this might be going because we're all edibles enthusiasts, and we're making our own edibles for the most part, I would imagine. But it's really fun and interesting to look at the breakdown of how it works out as far as cost. If you're saving money, if you're spending a little extra money, we're going to look at all of that. But before I get into that, I just want to mention a couple of things. I was in Mexico recently, and as some of you might know, and I made a small error. I realized I had an episode coming out, the one with Chef Sherlinka Abe, and I looked at it. I was like, why hasn't it published yet? And I went into a slight panic mode because I had everything set up before, before I left, so it would be I wouldn't have to worry about it too much while I was away. Well, I had scheduled the episode to go out on that day, but in 2023. How I did that, I'm not really sure. Maybe I was consuming some edibles at the time and feeling the effects, but I've never done that before, but I've rectified it quite quickly. So the episode went out a little late that day, but that is why, because it was scheduled for 2023, but the future is now. I was also finding it pretty interesting in Mexico. I was talking to a lot of people. I did a lot of tours while I was there. When I go to new places, I love to do food tours. That's one of my favorite things to do. I did a cooking class as well. And that was great. And these tours and classes, and I went on a really uh, day long hike as well, are typically run. And at least I look for local operators, people who are from the area who are really knowledgeable about it. And I had the opportunity to ask numerous people about what cannabis culture was like in Mexico, more specifically to edibles. And because I was trying to find a cannabis chef while I was down there, I wasn't particularly successful, but it's interesting when I asked these tour guides about making edibles, every single time their eyes would light up like, yes, this is something that happens here. And every single one of them, as it happens, have or had made edibles at some point in their life. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And the woman who was guiding the food tour also said that cooking with cannabis was very common in Mexico. And I was in Puerto Vallarta. So I don't know if that was uh, just something that was common to that region or it was across the country, because obviously it's a pretty large and diverse country. But I wouldn't be surprised if considering that cannabis has been growing there for quite some time, that this was a common ingredient used in a lot of cooking just by regular folk during the week. Now, the consensus was, however, that cannabis is quasi-legal there at the moment. It is legal to consume cannabis in your home. It is not legal to consume cannabis out in public. 
And unfortunately, the feeling was for most of the people that I talked to that because of this quasi-legal status, it was really up to the local police force to enforce the regulations as they see fit, which they said sometimes could lead to abuses of, of power or what have you, or could lead to an interpretation that might not be favorable for the person who was consuming the cannabis in a public space. So as such, it was still pretty underground. There weren't really pop-up dinners. That's sort of maybe what I was looking for. Or, you know, cannabis chefs putting on dinners in different places because of its sort of quasi-legal status. The the market hasn't really evolved to the same degree as it has in many places in the States or in Canada at the moment. Not that Canada's system is, or model is perfect. It has a lot of work, a lot of uh, distance to go before it's ideal. But you do tend to sometimes forget how fortunate we are to be in a place if you are in a place of legal cannabis, it does offer you a great many a great many opportunities that you don't have otherwise. So I have been, I will be working on some Mexican-based recipes coming up. I have had a few people asking about that. And the food down there was so fantastic. And everybody loves Mexican food. So it would be really wonderful to find some ways to infuse your favorite Mexican dishes. So stay tuned for some of that. Now, before we look at the cost comparison, the cannabis quote of the week, marijuana is quite possibly the finest intoxicant. It has been scientifically proven for decades to be much less harmful to the body than alcohol when used on a regular basis. Nick Offerman. And if you're not familiar with Nick Offerman, he is probably best known as Ron Swanson, the character on Parks and Recreation, which is a fantastic show to watch after you've consumed some cannabis. So I can't say that I disagree with them. Of course, it is the finest of intoxicants because it is gentle on the body and it provides so much benefit. Now, the cost comparison. I was at the Lipton Co. Cannabis Expo this particular weekend, and that's another event that I've done recently. And I really enjoyed myself. I went up by myself. And because my husband, Chrissy, did come with me last year, but because he's not really as into cannabis and cannabis culture as much as I am, and he's not running a cannabis-based podcast or two, then it really wasn't of interest to him in the same way. And of course, when that's the case, then the other person doesn't really want to wander around for as long as the uh, as I would. So I left him at home. I stayed for the weekend and I had a wonderful time. And I had a chance to meet with all kinds of cannabis enthusiasts and t- chat up with people. And what I really enjoyed about it was meeting guests that I've had on my show. That was pretty fun. I met a fellow Gangier who had uh, been certified, which meant he went through the whole process like I did and been to California and done his uh, live training and exam. And we've chatted before online through various groups for the Gangier program, but never in person. So that was also really great. And I met fellow podcasters as well, podcasters that may or may not be making appearances on this show. So it was really a worthwhile time. I listened to quite a few um, conference talks, panel discussions. The future of edibles was quite interesting, and there might be some fun episodes coming up based on some interesting tech that I learned about while I was there. And athletes and pain management, was an in- which was an interesting discussion, especially considering how difficult it is sometimes for athletes who are competing in certain organizations to be able to use cannabis without fear of repercussion. So very interesting discussion. There was also some good discussions about tasting cannabis led by the Canna Reps group. So that was another interesting one that I attended. Speaking of tasting, 
Let's look at this cost comparison. Have you ever wondered how much it costs you to make your edibles, you know, compared to the ones that you buy? I have quite a few times, especially when I was working in the dispensary. It was something that was top of mind because I saw the prices of all the edibles that were available to people on the legal market. And in my estimation, they were pretty pricey compared to what you could make at home. I mean, this probably isn't a surprise to anybody. That is why we're making them. That's one of the reasons why we're making them. But I actually broke it down across a couple of categories because I thought it would be interesting to look at. One of the most popular categories of edibles on the market, of course, is gummies. Once again, this isn't going to be a surprise to anybody. Gummies sold very well in the dispensary. I'm sure that's a, a fact not unique to the one that I was working at. And one of the most popular brands was a brand called Affirma. And they were selling for $7.49 for two gummies for a total of 10 milligrams, which... As you know, if you're, well, maybe you don't know, in the Canadian legal market, that is the max that an edible can be, 10 milligrams per package, and that's it. So that also means the more gummies that are in a package, the less potent they are because the total has to equal 10. So in this particular instance, you're looking at $3.74 a piece for five milligrams of THC, which in my mind seemed, it seems pretty pricey for someone like myself I would need to, I'm about a 20 milligram person. Um, sometimes that fluctuates depending on how many edibles. I mean, if I'm eating a lot, then sometimes my tolerance will go up a little bit, but I find that 20 milligrams is my sweet spot where I can enjoy the edibles high and still be able to have a conversation. That's always important to me. I can take more sometimes if I know I'm going to be going to bed soon or really needing to like wind down and relax, but 20 milligrams is sort of that sweet spot. So it's 7.49 for one package for me to get my 20 milligram dose, 749 times two, I'm looking at over $15, which is pretty significant for one session, if you will. Now, I should also mention that in the Canadian legal market, this also means that I am paying tax on that. So that tax is not included in the price. So I didn't break that down, actually. So 749 times two, times the 13% tax that I would pay, that's $16.92 for two packages of gummy, which would be enough to get me high. That's not something I could afford to do on a regular basis. If I was eating edibles nearly every night, which is often what I do, because that's how I like to wind down. I don't tend to really drink wine that much wine anymore. I used to drink a lot of wine in the evenings to relax, sometimes both actually, but the edibles is definitely my preferred way because it is, as Nick Offerman said, so much gentler on the body than alcohol is. So as an aid for relaxation in the evening, it's far superior. Of course, I'm preaching to the choir here, I realize. But that's really expensive. I couldn't afford to spend 20 bucks a night almost on, on a couple packages of edibles. That would add up to a pretty large sum of money. And well, $16.92, and let's say I eat those for most nights of the month, but not all. Let's say I do it for 20, 20 nights out of the month. That would be $338.40. Now you tell me if that makes any sense. When I was in Toronto at the Lift & Co. Cannabis Expo, I did, of course, see dispensaries all over the place, but I did pop into one that was a legacy market dispensary. I didn't purchase any cannabis, but I was interested in checking out their selection of edibles because I have had edibles from this store before and I really enjoyed them. And it was a 
you know, I was there, why not stock up on a few items? Because they don't have the same limits as far as the legal market goes. So I was able to buy packages of 20 milligram edibles and a package, meaning there was 30 of them in the pack. I'm actually looking at one of these packs right now. I bought some shatter chews, as they called them, 600 milligrams per bag. So there's 20 milligrams per piece at 30 pieces. This cost me $38. And for the 600 milligrams, which was $1.20 per piece, and that per piece is a 20 milligram piece. So compare that to $3.74 for a five milligram piece and I didn't even include the tax in that particular instance when I did that calculation for the the amount per piece versus a dollar a dollar twenty per piece at twenty milligrams. So obviously it's way more cost effective to do this, which is one of the reasons why I was interested in going there because, frankly, I'm priced out of the market otherwise sometimes. Now, what if you're making your own gummies? Now, I have made gummies plenty of times in the past, and it's interesting because most of the ingredients you're using to make gummies at home, and even though it can be a little trickier to make gummies that compare to ones that you might buy in the store, the ingredients, the inputs aren't that expensive. Now, I don't have a breakdown right in front of me, but we're looking at things like corn syrup and jello mix and you know pectin or different things like that. The biggest cost is going to be the cannabis itself that you're putting in it, whether you're buying that cannabis or that infusion or the concentrate that you're putting in it or making yourself, that's going to be your biggest input as far as cost goes. But oftentimes, if you're making your own infusions and you're able to get some of your trim or shake from, you know, the weed that you've grown at home or you know somebody who grows and they're happy to give you some or you're able to buy some inexpensive shakes somewhere or you even go to a legal dispensary and buy you know, perhaps the cheapest bag of weed that you can get so you can use it for an infusion. It's still going to be far less expensive to do it that way. I also looked at different categories as well, because I didn't think it was fair just to look at the gummies. So back to the legal market, a slow ride bakery, which is a bakery out of Ottawa, family run business, as far as I know, and they make cookies for the legal market. They have a few different ones, a few different flavors and these slow ride cookies, when you, I was selling them at my dispensary, it was $6.75 plus tax for one 10 milligram cookie. Again, I forgot to calculate the tax on that, but if I wanted two cookies to get me to my 20 milligrams, that would be $13.50. And if you add the tax, I'm looking at $15.25. Again, for the sake of comparison, that would still be $305 if I was to eat two cookies per night out of 20 out of 30 days of the month. Once again, it's a pricey option. The dispenser that I went to in Toronto did only had one cookie on their menu and it was a CBD cookie. So it's not necessarily a fair comparison because oftentimes you won't pay as much for CBD as you will for THC. Their cookies were $10 each and it was a 50 milligram CBD cookie. Now for the sake of comparison as well, look, I did look up their brownies. They had quite a few brownies and I figured that's sort of a good comparison. There's sort of a similar category. A lot of people who eat cookies might also enjoy brownies. It's that classic edible that people think of when they think edibles. Their prices were pretty great. Once again, they had a 60 milligram brownie, one piece for $10. So compare that to the $6.75 for the one cookie in the legal market. They had brownies that were 240 milligrams. 
Now, for someone like myself, I would have to cut that up because that would knock me on my ass and I wouldn't be going anywhere for probably a couple of days. I'd get 12 servings out of that. If that's something you could put in the freezer or keep in the fridge, then that would be fantastic. At $19, that's a pretty good price. And if I do 12 pieces, that would be 24 days out of the month. And that would cost me $38 if I wanted to eat a piece every single night. Let me get to do that math right, right? Yeah. Yeah. 12, 12 pieces out of that one brownie. Now there are people out there who might have to eat more, but in my particular instance, but you can still look at, see how the pricing might work out for you. $25 for 300 milligrams for a brownie is far less cost effective than what you might buy on the legal market. Now, what about making your own? Now I have costed out the price of making cookies before uh, a few different times. Couldn't find where I've written out any of that stuff anywhere. And I know I have it somewhere, but I do recall I was probably looking at maybe two to $3 to make a cookie. So now bear in mind that I am using the trim and shake from cannabis that I've grown. So the cost might be a little bit higher for somebody who doesn't have the access to the, to the shaker trim to make their infusion ahead of time. So that could raise the price a little bit. But also note, when I'm making cookies, I typically make the cookies using organic flour, fair trade organic chocolate chips. Um, I'm using a lot of organic ingredients or fair trade ingredients where possible. Cost of some of those ingredients are going to be higher than if you're just using the regular version. So also consider that when you're making your own, you're controlling what you put into them. If you don't give a shit about organic or fair trade or whatever, and you're using less expensive ingredients, they're going to cost you less. But the one thing that's so wonderful about making your own, of course, is that not only is it less expensive, but you control the inputs. You make them exactly how you like. You can choose the strain of the cannabis that you're going to put in it to make the the infusion, if that's something too important to you. You control the extraction method. The dosage becomes something that you have control over. You don't have to get just whatever's available in the legal or legacy market dispensaries. It's far more cost effective to make your own. Some of it comes down to adhering to your practices of social conscience. So if you want to make sure that all of your ingredients are as local as possible, then you can do that too. But I think one of the other great things about making your own edibles is it is so much easier to go beyond the cookie or the brownie or the gummy. Now, of course, everybody thinks about that when they're thinking about their edibles, but as if you've been following the show for any length of time, I'm at this is episode 148. And I have covered a fuck ton of different types of edibles on this show, from beverages to ice creams to to roasted cashews to savory dishes like the vegetable pancit to all kinds of things. So you're not just limited to what is available in the stores, which tends to be a little more on the sweet side. You're starting to see a little bit of an expansion on some of the options in the legal market. I know that there was a hot sauce that came out. There was a coffee infused item. There has been a couple of pretzel bites, which might be a little bit different, but of course that still does lend itself to the treats, the, the sugary confectionery stuff. Um, what else have I seen? I just had one on the top of my, oh, there was like a a brownie in a mug that came out that was kind of interesting, but they do tend to fall within a pretty narrow range of options, which you don't, you are not limited to when you're making your own. You can do whatever you want, take control of your high life and get high on your own supply. Now, I don't want to disparage, of course, the legal market. So if you are in an area and you enjoy legal cannabis, of course, or legacy really, 
I totally understand when people still want to go in and check out what's in the stores and see what's happening and pick some up. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to stop in at the dispensary in Toronto is just to stock up on a few items that I can't normally get or can't normally access when I'm in my hometown. Sometimes I still go into the dispensary that I was working at and I like to pick up some of the new beverages that have come out on the market or try out some of the new edibles that have come out. But is a sustainable way for me to consume cannabis, considering how much I like edibles? It's not. It is far more makes far more sense for me to make my own. And making your own doesn't have to be hard, of course. It's basically decarb, infuse, bake. There you go. That is the essential steps. And of course, it's a little more complicated than that. And there's a learning curve, of course. But if you have any questions or need to know which episodes to get to in order to sort of start from the beginning, you can always send me a message and I can help you out because it can sometimes feel overwhelming at the beginning, but there's definitely easy ways to do it so that it's cost effective and doesn't take up a ton of your time because I know we're all busy. No matter what it is that you're doing out there, Everyone's pressed for time, it seems, these days. So making your own edibles isn't something that has to, you know, be a labor-intensive process. Now, as I was saying, I think I sort of digressed from there. The legal market, I don't want to disparage it at all because I am very grateful that I have access to legal cannabis and a regulated market is going to bring cannabis into the forefront allowed and allow access for all kinds of people who might not have been comfortable accessing the market before in the old way of doing business. So I am grateful for that. But right now it's a pretty, it's a pretty costly way to get your cannabis. But thankfully, if you're listening to the show, you're probably pretty comfortable making your own edibles and you had a suspicion that of course, homemade edibles comes out as the winner in this small little cost comparison contest. And that probably shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody listening to this show, but make your own and then control all aspects of what's going into them, and you'll be much better off. So that's it for this week, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you found it informative, please consider sharing with somebody that you know, maybe somebody who's thinking about getting into edibles, but is a little intimidated, but they need that push. Like, hey, you know, you could really save yourself some money by making your own. Maybe they need to hear this episode. But in any case, I hope you're making lots of tasty edibles. I hope you're finding some inspiration from my website and some of the other great content creators and chefs and and cannabis enthusiasts out there who are making great content. As a reminder, you can always go to the Friends of the Podcast page and find out more about some of the great guests that I've had on the show. If there's somebody on that inspired you to make some edibles. And if that is the case, I would love to hear about it as well. So always feel free to reach out about what you're making, what you're doing. I'd love to hear from y'all. So that's it for this week, my friends. As always, you know what to do. Stay high.